Welcome back to another episode of Pounding the Table. Happy New Year, everyone. We got a great episode ahead where we're going to look into our favorite stocks to look forward to for 2024. This episode is brought to you in part by PeakBot. So check them out. Use peakbot.com. Promo code capital PTT. I believe they're giving 50% off. Really cool automated tools. And thank them as a friend of Pounding the Table. Let's get started. People listening to you guys on Pound the Table. Welcome back to Pounding the Table. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is Friday, December 29th, about 1.30 Eastern Standard Time. Shy has his hair gelled back. Joey's looking svelte, rocking the New York fitted. And we are here to give a fun episode. It's not episode 100 quite yet because Tony's not here. So it's 99.5, I think, 99.6 or whatever. Tony, please come back. Anyways, we hit 30,000 followers. We cruised to 23,000 very quickly. I think got canceled on Twitter and now are finally over 30. So thank you guys all for continuing to follow. If you haven't heard the episode from last week, we interviewed Peter Beck, the CEO and founder of Rocket Lab. Shot, you came in with some hot questions for that one. Can you recap for those that did not listen? Yeah, he just pretty much validated that if the space economy does become next frontier, like I absolutely believe it will, that Rocket Lab will be one of the few top leaders within that industry. And I was actually really surprised when he was talking about the collaboration that they all do with each other, that it's not just like a competition where AWS, Microsoft, Google are all fighting each other for the cloud space. It's more of a, this is the early innings of the space economy. Let's all work together, make sure we set it up correctly and set it up right and do a lot of collaborations. And that was nice to hear because I know that Rocket Lab is a leader in what they do. So if there is a collaboration, they're going to be the ones who are going to benefit the most out of it. So I want, I loved the interview. I didn't realize how much Peter knows his stuff. Like he knows everything about ins and out of Rocket Lab, even we to the point crack of, him. Yeah, we couldn't crack. Like he was just stealthy in his answers. And I just couldn't get any kind of information that he wasn't supposed to tell me or squeeze. I want to squeeze some info out of him. Maybe are you going to acquire Redwire? What kind of acquisitions are you going to do in the future? More M&A? We stopped the recording too a little early because he started getting deep into like why Venus and why he was going to go there. And (laughs) I like instantly regretted. I was like, we should have kept recording that. But next time I'll keep recording until they hang up. Joey, how you feeling, man? It's the, the new year. Do you sell anything here today before the end of the year? No, I haven't been selling anything. I'm letting the winners run. I think the most recent trim I did, we already talked about my Microsoft trim and reshuffling that. I started digging more into Sentinel One, trying to see where their free cash flow could get, where the multiples are. Shy and I dove deep into that and the story didn't play out as much as I thought it could, even when we we toyed with it a lot to try to make it. How high could this thing run? And yeah, it didn't end up cracking the list. Top idea for 2024. Did reach out to their team trying to get them on a podcast. Maybe they could change my mind. But yeah, it's, it is one that I ended up trimming off and, and just basically reshuffling. I think the most recent ads I did was just PayPal. I'm looking at stocks that, not really looking for beaten down names, but very attractive valuation, still growing. It's a free cash flow machine. Everything I'm seeing about it, it just looks great. I think everybody's left it for dead saying Apple Pay and these other, what, Shop Pay, everything else is just going to eat PayPal's lunch. But Everything I'm seeing with that, it's still a thriving business. I think it's just the new CEO needs to find its footing and create its new identity. I do love this idea that I heard Josh Brown propose that one of his first moves is rebranding from PayPal to just renaming the whole company Venmo. I feel like that would just revitalize the brand. And it is the name a lot of young investors associate with that. Everybody uses Venmo. I don't know anybody that uses Cash App. I feel like that does feel old. It does. Like when Facebook rebranded a meta, I wish they would have gone to Instagram and just go with the brand that everybody knows and pictures as like that thriving brand. Mm -hmm. I think that would be a good move. And everything I'm seeing is just, this is a good wait and see stock and its valuation is not stretched by any means. If anything, it's more attractive than it's ever been. And 
where I compare it to, say, a Microsoft that, you know, 30 plus times forward earnings, it just got too rich for my taste. But even then, I do have the ultra growth names, CrowdStrike and the other names that would be significantly higher if you're talking about like earnings and all that. But I see I see a much brighter future for those than I, I do for, say, like a Microsoft. Let me add some color to what uh, Joey said about that exercise that him and I did on the modeling. So I think it's going to be a really good teaching practice right now. I'm going to go over like how we discuss it because everyone thinks Sentinel One is cheap because it's a lagger in the cybersecurity space. They haven't participated as much as that CrowdStrike, Zscaler <laughs> did this year. However, that really isn't the case if you do a three-year model. So CrowdStrike should be like the best of breed cybersecurity benchmark for any kind of stock like Sentinel One. Like best case scenario, they're going to have a CrowdStrike multiple in three years. I don't think that's the case, but that's all shareholders for Sentinel One. That should be their dream case. So right now, CrowdStrike is trading at 46 times free cash flow of next year. That's assuming 32% revenue growth with 31% free cash flow margins. By the way, I'm going to pause there. That's absurd top line growth and bottom line profitability. That's a rule 40, which is Joey and I's favorite metric to use to quantify growth. That's a rule 40 score of 63. Absurd. Anyway, so Sentinel One is projected to grow 30% in the next three years for the Kager, similar to CrowdStrike. However, their free cash flow margin will be only 11 to 13% by 2026. So putting in the models with the, using the cash of 1.1 1, bill, share count around 300 million, and using this growth for the next three years, like our, my target price in my model is only $32 for Sentinel One. But if I go to CrowdStrike, the similar growth, however, the free cash flow margin is 30 plus percent. That is huge for them incrementally if you factor in the next three years. My target price on CrowdStrike is 375. And that's a 50% move compared to Central One only being a 10% move. So that alone is like, why bother with not catching a falling knife? Obviously, buying the up and comer potentially, best case scenario being second or third. When I can own CrowdStrike, which is the best of breed, provides a bigger return. And I already know their current margins are usually the terminal rate for everyone else. So I already know what to expect. It's there. I'm just going to. Let my winners win, let them run, and I'm treating it as a beach stock. Love it. We just yeah, retweeted. So I have done. a quick trivia question for both of you guys. What does Microsoft make on their cybersecurity annually on their unit? I got nothing. You got a guess. No looking. I my model to see I how Googled much. it. No, I'm looking to see. So they're supposed to make 250 bill next year in revenue. So. I'm assuming they make, I don't know, 30 to $40 billion. All right. You overshot it. I was trying to be impressive with $20 billion. But I was just thinking of CrowdStrike versus Microsoft. Like They still have a ways to go to catch up. Everyone thinks of CrowdStrike on Twitter, but like Microsoft has a massive unit. There's other huge companies out there. That was always the bear case for CrowdStrike for years, that Microsoft is a leader. CrowdStrike won't get a piece of their pie. That's obviously changed if you look at the market share past couple of years, like they've continually just chugging along, gaining that market share and adding the, all these features to become like my thesis for them next decade is they're going to be the all in one cybersecurity platform. I think I they could think take on like internal I mean, shit like Box and uh, Dropbox. Those companies are like, I can't see them existing just at that little silo. CrowdStrike yeah. could come and take on that. That'd be 100%. cool. 100%. Yeah, it, it always comes down to who has the best product or platform. And so, yeah, Microsoft has this stuff built in. I remember Microsoft released some new feature that's supposed to kill Zscaler, but the problem is Zscaler is the best at what they do. Amazon has an internal thing on AWS that's much like MongoDB. Problem is MongoDB is just a better platform and product. So, yeah, there's a lot of these companies that have other tools within it that could be cybersecurity, could be all these other features, but Companies that can still go with the best product or the best platform, and that's CrowdStrike or Zscaler, Palo Alto Networks, those guys. All right, guys, on this episode, since it's the end of the year, very excited to do a top five. Are we going to do a shy for 2024, each of us? No, top five for next three years. Top five for next three years, starting yeah. in 2024, January yeah. 1st. Awesome. So that's what we're excited about for this episode. I'll figure something out there to edit it out. Just, so that's the new approach, of course, with the more mature pounding the table team as we get going and start investing longer term. So 
three to five years out, really taking a look. So this is a practice for the next three years, our favorite stocks coming up starting in 2024. So Shai, you look very eager. So we'll start with you. What are your, what's your top five? And if there's some crossover, Joey, let us know, and then we can discuss. Yes. I'm going to do a blend. I'm going to name my five, then I'll pass it to Joey, and then we can dig it through our names and same with you, Avi. But five of them, it's obviously CrowdStrike. I'm a massive believer in data. I think data will absolutely explode in the coming years due to generative AI. How many applications, just everything that generative AI is going to produce, data is going to be times 10 of those applications. So it's going to explode in the coming years. And what do you need to do with all that data? If you're a enterprise or a business, you need to protect it. That's cybersecurity. Uh, That's CrowdStrike. They're the king of cybersecurity, in my opinion. Zscaler is a best of breed as well. Same with Palo Alto, but CrowdStrike's my baby. Average cost in the low 120s. I think I'm going to keep it for the next decade, honestly, if it keeps producing that way. Second one, I got to go with Mercado Libre, ticker M-E-L-I. They are the king of Latin America. Payments, e-commerce, they invest in their infrastructure back in 2021, and it really is paying out right now where there's no competition really going into their territory. Like we saw C Unlimited wave their white flag recently on trying to get into Brazil and some other Latin America territories. Everything that's happening in Argentina with the new president and legislation, that's bullish from Mercado Libre. It's going to bring some stability and currency and de-risk some of the geopolitical elements of the thesis on Mercado Libre. Third, T- uh, Transmedics, ticker TMDX. Joey and I called it a pound on the table in this in the 40s. It's at 80 bucks. I don't think it's over that run. I anticipate them being over 200 bucks in the next three to five years. They have everything you want in a mini monster. They're growing the top line triple digits. They had an acquisition that summoned aviation company where they're growing so much that they had to stop going to brokers and leasing planes because they couldn't fulfill their demand and their organ transplant tax. So they acquired it. And yes, that's going to be, they're, that's pushing out the profitability, which a lot of investors didn't like at the acquisition announcement. However, if you look at the Q3 earnings, if they did not ac- acquire this aviation company, they would have been profitable. That caught a lot of investors off guard. So now that if you exclude the aviation company, they would have been profitable, check mark. Everyone was waiting for that first quarter of profitability. Now that they have this aviation company, they have a network effect moats and no competitor can get into that kind of field and try to beat beat them on price or anything because right now they already have a 90 plus percent market share. Add the network effect via uh, this plane company, it's over. It's game over for them. They're going to be gap profitable by 2025, huge plus, growing top line 60% CAG or the next three to five years. Boom. Now it's going to lead to my next mini monster, the same kind of story, which is Rocket Lab, ticker RKLB. I'm not going to get into it as much because we just interviewed Peter Amazing CEO. That's exactly what we want in a young company and an exciting industry like space economy, where that's next frontier after AI and quantum computing. And they're going to be gap profitable 2025, 60% plus CAGR on the top line. CAGR leader in what they do in the duopoly with SpaceX. I love that they're able to launch on foreign land in New Zealand and the partnership they have with New Zealand. It is just setting up to be an absolute monster. I would not be surprised if this hits $10 sometime next year. And I think I called out for it. My fifth I'm going to call out is Unity. I ticker you. I just think that this company is just going to be ran finally for once in their freaking five years or three years since it's been public. Like Everyone knows their tech is incredible. Absolutely incredible. What they do is category leader with Unreal Engine. They aren't just a gaming company and for 3D, converting all content to 3D. Like they also are in movies. Everyone know a lot of people don't know this, but they're in Avatar Underwater, the sequel. Like all that tech underwater was using Unity's tech. I like to say that their TAM is just engagement across all industries, all platforms. So if you think AI is going to create a ton of applications in the future and engagement is just going to be exploding due to all the applications and entertainment, like we've all noticed like the past five years. Engagement's been skyrocketing due to TikTok, all the social media platforms, the movies, TV shows, like everything's going to transfer to 3D eventually, and they're going to have to use Unity's tech. And I'm confident that they're going to get an exciting CEO who's developer focused and can actually handle 
pleasing developers while also maximizing their technology. And that's something that John, the previous CEO, could not find the combination for. And, and they've had a kitchen sink quarter that's earnings. It won't get much worse than the narrative that they had on that conference call. So I'm betting that it's just going to go up from here. And I think that the sky's the limit, especially with the uh, partnership with the Apple Vision ProQuest. And Apple needs to find a, some kind of growth avenue in the next couple of years because they're a hardware company at the end of the day. And they need new hardware to maximize like some kind of revenue growth. And they're betting on the Vision ProQuest. And Apple doesn't fail really on hardware. Like they failed on the little gimmicks of, the, I don't know, the Mac, maybe the some like wonky stuff. but. They nailed the iPhone. They're na- going to nail the Vision Pro Quest. Like that's a massive growth avenue for them. And Unity's going to be riding that t- tide with them. So those are my five names. I'm going to pass it back off to you guys because I took a lot of time, but <laughs> I'm confident in those starting five. Taking a look for some of the wonky losses from Apple. I'm, I'm blanking on it. It was They had some wonky ones that past couple of years, Apple products. Are we talking Apple? Yeah. Yeah. The iPad never iPad. really panned out as much. Yeah. The Apple Home wasn't all that great. I don't know. Apple, it's just not exciting. Negative revenue growth doesn't get anybody excited. It's just a cash cow at this point. I don't think you're going to get burned owning Apple, but I don't think you're going to see the gains that you used to. And maybe if they bring out the iCar or whatever they call it, maybe that'll juice it up. But again, I don't, I don't think they really want to. They don't really it. do a ton of act. Was the last major acquisition beats by Dre? It's like one billion dollars or two billion dollars. All that cash they could be acquiring some monsters. But again, will they PayPal? Could they acquire PayPal? That'd be so awesome. That would make Apple Pay overnight just an absolute beast. But I don't think that ever gets approved. Not under right. this, this administration. They try to block everything. Maybe if you see a, a different party in office, you'd see some more deals go through. But they're opposing everything. I think it's even worth their time. And they're so big that it, it'd be tough for them to get any deals done. Same with, I'm shocked Microsoft got Activision done. I feel like a lot of companies should have been going after other deals saying, hey, you just let Microsoft buy Activision. You got to let us <laughs> buy PayPal. Yeah. But I do agree with CrowdStrike looking at a th- three-year time horizon. I feel like everybody realizes this is like the Mac daddy in cybersecurity. And yeah, you compare with Zscaler or Palo Alto, but I feel like CrowdStrike is just in its own class. I also love George Kurtz. He, he's yeah. a beast. Where'd he come from? Like HP? Or he, he was from like a big company. He was the CTO of McAfee. Someone just commented the Confluent logo is a butthole. And I absolutely is. I had no idea. It looks like a butthole. <laughs> Let's take a look. <laughs> it's the whispering eye. I had no idea. <laughs> you better email their investor relations team and say, hey. It's- it's funny because they're data and emotion. <laughs> so, <laughs> we need to get sponsored by Dude Wipes and <laughs> create a logo. Um, Moving on. Said that, so, you got to shout out whoever you called that. Rand, at Random Penguin H1. That's not oh, Random Penguin. All you would be the one to point that out. Shout out to Random Penguin. That's golden. I agree fully. That's genius. <laughs> Adi, you going with your top five or you want? Uh, so I liked a lot of what Shy, I, I have a lot of the same shit. We're always talking to each other. CrowdStrike, I, it's got the allure of a big company, but there's still have a lot of growth behind it in a thematic that is obviously going to continue with cybersecurity and just more and more things as Internet of Things comes more ubiquitous as well. I think I'm still holding, like I'm, a, I'm, not in love that I have PayPal as a big position right now. I do just see them steady eddying. They've been going up or down a percent or two a day right now. They're more of, I don't, I don't like love the vision quite yet. It's more of like a, a play for me probably till, till the summer. I just want to see it pick up a bit. Ooh, yeah, I, you guys I, I, I kind of have it as I'm parking cash there until yeah. I find something that mm-hmm. really is deserving of it. So I've got it as it's like a 10.5% position right now, but that's just because yeah, if I could find other opportunities that I like more, I would pile it into it. But my other top names that we'll go through, they're significantly larger positions. So I didn't want to be too concentrated, but I do love concentration at this point in the game. It's like the one stock in my portfolio that I'm not excited about, but it, it's there yeah. and I'm hopeful that it's going to continue to rise up and let's see what the new CEO can do. Mercado Libre, I love. I do think LATAM has a lot of growth. We're looking at the leader in LATAM. I do agree with that one. TMDX, I also like. Evolve, you guys did not mention. I've been starting a, a nice little position, up 7% since we talked about it on the podcast. So nothing crazy, but 
that's a thematic and the numbers you helped me back it up, Joey, on the last couple episodes ago, but that's evolved technology. So that's a, a, a mini monster. I have it a very small position in it right now, but one that I like with the same concept. Axon has a lot more different products behind it and, and maybe it could be something they acquire, but I just evolve the thematic behind it. It's a company that's helping to, to stop crime and to stop uh, shootings or stabbings. So you gotta love that. And the numbers are growing very rapidly. And then Rocket Lab too. I do like that. After talking with Peter, it started to fall in love with the stock. I love what he said. It was like 35% today. Everything that goes up into space has a Rocket Lab logo. And he want that, like their goal is to have a hundred percent of something on every single rocket. Uh, and I like yeah, the position. I'm not happy that I wasn't able to make the interview. I set the whole thing up and then it was like the one day yeah, I yeah. want to talk to Peter, but yeah, that is cool. And now that's hope, something I was hoping he would hit on is everybody thinks, oh, this rocket goes up. It's entirely that company. But then you see a lot of these other companies are basically like buying the launches and then selling space on that launch. So rocket lab could launch a rocket for. XYZ Corp. And then XYZ Corp is selling space on it to seven other companies. But yeah, all these different components that go into these launches. So yeah, Rocket Lab could be supplying this to someone else. And so yeah, that's what's really cool. And, and because it's such a tough space to break into, there's not a ton of players in it that they all have to collaborate to make it work. And yeah, I do. He, like he was talking about like some parts, but could you see a world in which they become like NASCAR cars where they just, every single one has like so much media on going out there that Best Buy. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. So an ad business for Rocket Lab, right? but just putting it, that's high margin right there. Why not, dude? <laughs> every single thing. <laughs> Joey, what do uh, you agree with Shy or anything you disagree with that? Let's make it a little spicy in here. No. So I wouldn't say I disagree with the picks. I would say that my, I would go more KISS method when we're talking about next three years, just because you really don't know what's going to happen with whether it's elections, you see where this looming recession, we've got all these issues across the country and look at our national debt, like we're a mess. So I always factor in a lot could go wrong. I want to be picking five stocks for the next three years that I'd be comfortable with owning if I can never log into my account and check it over those three years, like the coma, coma stocks type thing. So I would agree with CrowdStrike. Yeah, the valuation could be stretched, but I feel like it's only going to get bigger, more important. You look at cybersecurity, it's such an issue with companies. Everybody's getting hacked now. You've got to have this first line of defense. And now with the new disclosure rules, the companies have to disclose hacks so quickly. Last thing they want to do is do that. The way to prevent that is don't get hacked in the first place. And so you need something like CrowdStrike to do that. However, I, I wouldn't put that as number one of my top five, although I, I don't even want to rank these. So just going by my own position sizing. So I put Meta in those top five just because this is, it's still cheap based on earnings when you're looking at it. It should have never been down in the 80s where it was. And yet I feel like it's more fairly valued now. But when I'm looking out three years, so we're looking at, we're in 2023 right now, three years from now, they could be earning $20 a share. And you put an appropriate multiple on that stock, it's going to be significantly higher. You see everything going on with Instagram. Facebook's kind of like the cash cow brand. MetaQuest I saw was one of the top selling things for this recent holiday season to where the MetaQuest app was the number one download. I don't know if it's Christmas Day or the day after or both. But you see the strength of that whole universe. And then we talked about Instagram before is like the go-to social media platform. You could put TikTok there as well, but I feel like they're differentiated enough. But Instagram has all the features of all the other platforms. So it's like the all-in-one if you really wanted it. They're in front Plus, of every generation. I feel like Facebook's kind of like older now. I feel like it's parents. <laughs> Instagram's kind of our age. Like they need to get TikTok or something equivalent, which they're, they try to copy a lot of what they do. Instagram has been. Yeah, they copy a lot reason. of Snapchat as well, but it's worked out because you see yeah. at first Reels is a pretty rough product, but I feel like it's gotten really good lately. Me and you send each other funny Reels all day. I, yeah. People should never see what we actually send each other. But, oh, but yeah, like you see, Reels has gotten really good. But I just look at looking at the numbers. Yeah, it's not going to be the growth monster that it was in like 2015, 2016 on revenue, but large numbers. So it, it's still very impressive what they're doing. And I believe in Mark Zuckerberg as a CEO. CrowdStrike is my second largest position. So we'll defer to everything Shai said. I think he was spot on. Amazon would be my next one. So uh, AWS is such a beast. 
its earnings aren't where it is because they continue to invest in growth. But then you see stuff like they delivered more packages and I don't know if it's 2022 or this year than UPS and FedEx both. So you see like their logistics network is firing on all cylinders. Personally, I use Amazon for everything just because of the convenience. And then every other aspect of the business just seems to be thriving. And I look at the size of Apple and Microsoft and all this stuff. And I just feel like some of the parts analysis of Amazon, it is worth significantly more than it is today, even after the run it's had this year. Mm. So it's one of those where I'm comfortable owning that for the next three years and don't think I'll get burned on it. Next up, I would put Google just because, so to boil it down, we all know Google, but I saw this great tweet. It's from at studios. I'm not going to try to say your name because it, I don't, I'd mess it up, but it says, did you know that Google has eight products with more than 1 billion daily users? If not, here they are. It's Gmail, Docs, Android, Chrome, Maps, Search, YouTube, and the Google Play Store. So you're talking eight products with over a billion users. And I feel like everybody listening to this, YouTube is king and you see everything they're doing, whether it's the NFL, podcasts, everything, they're doing very well. And then people saying, oh, ChatGPT is going to replace search. I'll use ChatGPT if I'm going for like a specific answer on something or have a, a very specific question, but searching for something, you want results that you can scroll through and find what you're actually asking. Mm-hmm. So I feel like one answer isn't really what people want when they're searching. They want multiple results to look Plus Bard's going to get a lot better just over time. Think about who's got the biggest language <laughs> database to go through is Google between Gmail, yeah, think between of all, all the, the they have on, yeah. have on everybody. <laughs> and all be the fine data. with that. So yeah, when you're talking AI, people think, oh yeah, open AI is winning that race, but Google's been doing this longer than I think anybody. Uh, so I don't think writing them off was the right move. Plus you look at the financial profile of Google and it, it's pristine. So it's another one. How's their ads cool. business? Are they losing a lot to that? Because I, I, I feel like Apple. I talked about this on. They could almost since they still have the dominance, at least in in the U.S. with the phones, they could turn on their own little ad network. They're losing money on that to ChatGPT right now. Like there's certain things still, like you said, you'll go to Google for. But how much have they lost in the the ad space? Because that's their obviously ninety percent of their business, right? It's still growing. So I don't think they're losing. Maybe they're losing share. But again, what share of the ad market do they have? So of course people could go into it, but what plays into it is the ad market's growing so significantly. There's room for more players. You see even like a trade desk, even though it's a different model, what they're going for. Mm. But again, it's like the PayPal thing. Oh, with Apple Pay, more players in the space. The problem is like there's room for everybody and they can keep growing. And so like Google Cloud, yeah, AWS is king, Azure's growing very fast, but Google Cloud's also growing. So you look at the overall demand, it's growing enough for everybody to continue growing. And yeah, they could jockey back and forth with market share, but I'm not so much concerned about that. I'm concerned about just overall growth. I agree with your sentiment on Google. If I had to poke holes in Google though, there has to be some kind of risk factored into their search. I agree that they're not going to get lose being king of search, but I think search revenue is like 60% of their total revenue. So adding some kind of risk to that, I think that's what's happening in the past couple of months. And that's a pretty big chunk of their revenue is just in search. And I might be the unicorn of the group, but I don't use Google anymore for search. I go on ChatGPT or I go on TikTok for search. Maybe just because I'm sick of ads. Or I just, I'm lazy and I just want the answer right away. But I do think if this becomes... You just search for like different dance moves, Shai. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I do think it was mispriced when it dipped like significantly after ChatGPT in Q2 or Q3. I don't think it should be priced for dead. I think it's the cheapest among all the Magnificent Seven. But I do think there's me some risk associated now on their search revenue. Don't know how much. Don't know how little but some kind of risk where th- that wasn't the case a year ago. What are your thoughts on NVIDIA? Because they've been on an absolute tear. So usually you don't want to buy when the chart looks straight up like that, but they're just the dominant force in this. Don't fight Nancy. Don't fight Nancy. Nancy's betting a huge position on NVIDIA for next Wait, year. You no. gotta let me do my fifth before we move on to NVIDIA. <laughs> oh yeah. Do your fifth, Joe. Last up, I put Snowflake as my ah, that's a good one. play, but 
And, and Shai could talk a lot to this because he knows the ins and outs. But what I look at is they're going to be growing the top line at over 30% through 2028 is as far as tickers go on, and it could continue from there. While their free cash flow margins go from 25% in 2023 to 32% in 2028. So yeah, that, that's further than our three years that we're talking about, but you're talking about a rule of 40 north of 55 through 2028, which gets me excited. So you're looking at a company that's already a free castle machine, just becoming more of a machine. And you talk about like the rise of data, more companies are going to know how to want to know how to utilize that data, move it around, make decisions with it. And Snowflake's going to become more and more important. Yeah, you could see like a Databricks IPO and some other companies come public. But again, it's the same situation as like AWS, Azure, Google Cloud. It's the rise of data is so fast that there's going to be multiple players that can benefit greatly. And when I'm talking about just absolute great growth profiles on, on top line and free cash flow, Snowflake is right up there with everybody. Yeah, we should uh, start a PTT unicorn club of whoever's above 55 for rule 40 because it's rare. And CrowdStrike and Snowflake are in that category for not just this year, for the next two to three years minimum. That's wild to me. I don't think we'll see a, um, a day where Snowflake's under 150 again. If so, this is going to be 15 to 20% of my portfolio. But everything that Joey says is absolutely accurate. That if you're betting on data to explode, you need to store that data somewhere. Not just store it, you need to do something with it. And businesses are increasing their knowledge behind what to do with all this data because now they have so much of it, they need to do something to maximize their own profitability. And that's why there's like a secondary moat within Snowflake, not just data warehouse, it's their edge where companies that use Snowflake can sell each other their data within their ecosystem. And it's very popular in finance industry, but like they're building an ecosystem within their own company. And it's just going up 25, 30% quarter over quarter and it's exploding. And if you just want to follow the fundamentals, it's going to be a six year higher rule 40. Yes, there's going to be dilution maybe four four percent but again at the end of the day <laughs> it's growing top line 30 to 35 percent for the next couple of years with 20 percent free cash flow margins already like i could care less about the four percent dilution i know this is a safe stock for me for a hyper growth stock as safe as it can get and i could see this being a hundred billion 150 billion dollar company down the line and that alone is like enough for me to make this one of my growth pillars in my portfolio yeah, I'm actually surprised it wasn't in your top five. But I will say, if I had to pick one moonshot, yeah, I was just about to go unintended. There. It would be Rocket Lab, and I do have a position in there. I, I'm still like moving my portfolio from TD to Schwab before they do it because I, I don't trust that they'll do everything right. But again, with my top five that I listed off, Meta, Crowd, Amazon, Google, Snowflake, that is over seventy percent of my personal portfolio, excluding like the kids and 401k. 401k is entirely Celsius which I never really so included funny. anything. I, I like that John approved of that when we interviewed him. <laughs> like, oh, it's the entire thing. Yeah. Who needs that anyway? <laughs> he had a lot of pressure. So there's. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on doing some calls? I, I have a bunch of calls, 2025, and they even have 2026 available for Rocket Lab. Is this a next two to three year stock or is this a 10 year stock? It's not something that I hate playing with options because it, it like has an end date. And yeah, you can convert it to the equity, all that stuff. But I'm more like, if I love a company, I, I want to own like the physical shares and just, you know, set it and forget it. So that's what I did with Rocket Lab. I did end up adding to it even after that $515 million contract, just because I was like, okay, the one thing I thought of is look at the cash they have, look at the cash burn. Like they could need to raise cash in a couple of years, but then it's, oh, this big deal helps that. Maybe there's some cash up front. But even then, it's just one of those more exciting names that, I, I mean, I don't have a lot of those small bets anymore to where I needed something to keep the portfolio exciting that if something goes wrong, I could always raise cash using those names. But I just love, everybody wants like that. that it embodies base. as well as Joey Rockets. So there's a- Yeah, these... so that's another, it, I got to say that did play a significant role, Joey Rockets. And Rockets. <laughs> but the space race, everybody always gets excited about space stocks. This is the next frontier, all that crap. That's what Virgin- 
Galactic was supposed to be that space pure play on this. It wasn't flashy enough. I do love, you now if SpaceX were public, I'd, I'd have to say all of it would be going into that instead. But Rocket Lab, it, it's very exciting, high growth. I, I love what they're doing. And it's like the mini SpaceX version to where that's where I'll, I'll get my exposure until Elon finally. I've tweeted him many times. Please let me invest in SpaceX, but nothing. What does yet. he say? He doesn't respond. I, I don't pay for the blue check mark. So maybe he doesn't even see it. That is probably true. He's probably, who's this peasant? I'm not going to sell him anything. That will be cool though. If one day he just like DMs you the, like how to get involved earlier. I'll do anything. I'll mop the floors of the, what do they call it? The launching pad? The launching pad. I'll mop it. I'll paint it. Just give me some shares. I'll do the guy at Meta that painted the mural and they paid him in shares and now it's worth hundreds of millions. I'll paint your damn tarmac. It's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Yeah. Shy, what are you playing with over there? Yeah, squishy toy? Yeah, squishy toy. One of my uh, stocking items I got for Christmas. Yeah, what'd you get for Christmas? What was the coolest gift you got? Coolest gift I got, a second bedroom. I live in a two-bedroom place. I, second bedroom was my girlfriend's art studio. And okay. she gave me this room and moved everything over. Now, I, it's my own office. I have memorabilia across the walls, center desk. So she yeah. gave you your room back as a gift. Yeah. That's genius. <laughs> she did all the effort of moving it for me and setting it up. And you got engaged insane. since we last yeah. were on here. So congrats, dude. I'm just trying to catch up to you guys with the kids. Big, big mistake. First step. Both of you made a major mistake. And I, I got to show this to the audience. You got to get engaged when you're ridiculously poor. Yeah. Because then the ring, as a percentage of your income, it's like nothing. I got engaged when I had $13,000 to my name. So like spending four grand on a ring was, hey, this is the bulk of my income or this is the bulk of what I have. Here it is. You guys made the mistake of doing this when you got all these big boy jobs and these investment portfolios, all this stuff. You made a mistake. I blame CrowdStrike and MongoDB. Those two. CrowdStrike at 250, MongoDB at 400 is why I had to spend so much money on my ring. She, 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 she go up yeah. her, uh... See, and, and Shai <laughs> publishes his portfolio. Yeah, so she's sitting there on <laughs> Twitter. Like, okay. <laughs> you can't skimp on a ring because she's like, oh, you've made uh, what your portfolio is like 86 grand this year, according to your Twitter or something like that. 115, Joey. Hey, wow. your problem. Your problem. <laughs> My stuff's not public, so I could be like, sorry, Kaylee, it's been a down year. <laughs> like, I can't continue to relax. Market's tanking. She doesn't even know what I do for a living. Like, even, regardless, we all know you're in the CIA, Joey. She's like, he does <laughs> like, something with You're not stuff. fooling us at all. Like, we get it. <laughs> all right. Any closing thoughts? We have no Tony here anymore. So, for the past two years, I guess now at this point, but yeah, take it. Let's do no, let's do some. Let's each put our own thoughts of what 2024 would be like. All let's right. Go yeah. I think Axon stock will probably take off with the chaos that I unfortunately foresee with the elections coming up, with everything that's happening. They're like starting early with all these riots. Usually it's uh, a Axon, few months before. Wait, does Axon or Evolve have anything that watches polls? Watches polls. polls specifically? Yeah, like the voting. That's machine. so smart. Oh, that I don't think. That's uh, be pretty cool because then people could be like, oh, this is happening. Evolve could be like, nope, this many ballots went in by this person. That'd be smart. That'd be pretty cool. In theory, blockchain voting would be great, but there's probably a lot of vulnerabilities hey, in that. Too. If we're talking 2024, so talk about something we were saying on Twitter is like the migrant crisis at the border, as it's being called. One thing I keep thinking of is Remitly. So Remitly is like the number one app for immigrants coming to the United States and sending money back home. Like it, I want to say it was founded by immigrants who had trouble sending money back home and like the fees that these other big players were so significant. They want to make an easier way to do it. So Remitly was the answer to that. And you can look at like all the different, hey, you want to send money from this country to this. Here's the top ranked apps. And Remitly ranks like number one on a lot of those. So I keep thinking like, hey, you've got all these people coming here. They're probably coming here because they want to work, make money, whatever. And they want to send money back home. Remitly's got to see like a huge uptick in that. So I actually reached out to their team to try to interview their CEO because I love his thought. Hey, for every million migrants that come here, like how many are downloading remitly to send money back home? So yeah, as everybody's like talking about the border is this big issue here and there. I keep thinking of it like from 
an how investor stand. Not how to prop it off of it, but like Fuck. they're all given like smartphones and. No, I was looking like, this up because I figured you'd have to like KYC or have some sort of, but it looks like they're doing this and they're giving, they're allowing people to set up bank accounts. Yeah. So to connect that bank account to Remitly, I wonder if Remitly has bank accounts. So I got to actually do more work on it. And I was hoping to talk to them so they could be like, Hey, walk me through this. Can I set up a Remitly bank account, have money put in there and then send it back home? So the I'm one sure thing I like, just coming from the, the blockchain space, like I, I got to see if they're doing anything in the blockchain space. Cause that's a huge area that we're seeing like people do for remittance because it's much cheaper it's much faster than doing something like that or moneygram so i think that could get disrupted very quickly unless they are doing something on their own which they may be doing well, there's got to be there's got to be like regulations around it because like people sending money places they probably want some sort of record of it but yeah i get what you're saying because i know one of the big things against Remilly is like oh isn't this what bitcoin's supposed to replace like people just sending it converting it to their currency and taking it out but yeah, I'm looking. It'd be more like, so they do like stable coins. So they turn it into a stable coin, send it, and then they can off ramp it. So but I'm looking. So we're admittedly active customers up 42% to 5.4 million, still a very small amount. A send volume increased 36% to 10.2 billion. Revenue is, is a fraction of that, up 43%, 241.6 million. So yeah, I'm, I'm just looking. Could this be one of the top downloads from? all these new migrants coming in the country. Yeah, I could see a lot of acquisition too in that space. If they have some cash, I think some of these blockchain companies that are getting burnt out to the ground right now will get acquired for cheap for their tech and the architecture. Anything crazy? Let me do a 2023 recap. Absolute wild year. I think a lot of people didn't have the QQQ being up 55% for the year or even S&P being up 30 something percent. What What's the number of it? It's up 25%. Spy is up 25% for the year. QQQ up 56. IWM is even up close to 20% now after its run. A lot of people expected negative returns this year. And fortunate for a lot of, for us three, like we're micro investors. We're like, yes, we factor in the macro environment. But if you were a macro investor, oh, interest rates super high, inflation is getting out of control, conflict overseas, like you'd probably be bear all year. And bears got turned up. Like they lost. I thought he was oh calling us. I thought he was calling us micro investors because we're poor. No, uh, micro. <laughs> no, no. I thought it was because of uh, something else altogether. I was like, dang, shot. I really flexing that cash no, pile. No, idea. so we know where we excel at. Like for me specifically, my niche is growth tech. I'm not a catalyst trader. I'm not a crypto trader. I know there's ways to make money in that realm of investing. That's just not for me. Do you know buy bonk coin or dog with a hat? So, yeah, none of that stuff. So. <laughs> Luckily, that resulted in me having wild returns in my growth portfolio because I invest in the best of breed names. So carrying that out to 2024, what am I going to do with my growth portfolio being up 88% for the year? I'm going to be raising cash. I expect a bloody January potentially in growth tech. I think it's going to be a very bumpy year. Having said that, we are in a much better place than we were this time last year. We are. We did get the two-handle prints on the PCE. Job wages is strong. GDP growth is strong. Like we are going towards that soft landing approach where the Fed is going to be cutting rates. Like who knows how aggressively, but it's going to be at least 75 basis points. And nothing really broke yet. I don't know if they will be, but that could be the argument any year. However, with a VIX at close to 11 handle, I anticipate the VIX hitting 20 sometime next year, most likely sometime in Q3, right before the election, because I don't know who's going to win. I don't even know who's actually running yet. And it's going to be... Do you, you know, know who's running? actually running yet? No, like, <laughs> a, I still don't believe Biden will be running on the Dem side. Oh, that... But yeah, you see that's that... That's pretty obvious. From that tweet from Vivek just now. He's the, like, you really the think these are the candidates? Yeah, I, I don't know. Nobody knows. And because of that, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty in September the and rock. October. And who knows? Maybe inflation picks back up again if the Reds... The feds cut too early or they overstay their welcome. There's so much uncertainty that I think the VIX will hit 20. I do think that the AI will finally show the ROI for a lot of the customers and clients. And that specifically will take off in like the best breed software names where it's finding the validation of what they're proposing in their software and the thematic. So I think it's going to be a stock pickers market. It has not been the case the past two or three years where a lot of people, if you're invested, you made money this year. I think next year is going to be showing like the difference between the pretenders and the winners. I don't think 
upstart like upstart for example being up a ton due to a short squeeze in like the fintech market like, i don't think it's going to be like that where everything's going to rise with a specific tide it's going to be very specific on your kind of investments i anticipate a lot of m a in the biotech industry more consolidation cybersecurity a lot of the software names who are growing single digits who are profitable will be scooped up by the best of breed names who are printing cash. Having said that, I think we're on the new leg in the bull rally. So I don't know when that's going to happen, but I do think the worst is behind us. And I'm encouraged. Like this time last year, I was just buying every dollar I had in my account was going towards my growth portfolio of these names I own. Now I'm in the position of I can be picking and choosing, let my winners keep winning. It's a great place to be. Having said that, don't get caught off guard and get your account blown up because a lot of people did that a lot last year and they missed an insane year of returns. Amen to that. Joey, any final thoughts for to wrap up 2023? Well, yeah, to, to echo what I said is coming to this year, I was, it was more like, there's no way stocks go down more. Like we, <laughs> we were wounded. So yeah, it was a good change of pace from the previous two years. It was in pain. I, I think that's why we can't get Tony back. He's still in pain from that decline. But yeah, shy being so optimistic kind of makes me scared for this market. <laughs> so I, I think the VIX will hit 20. That's not that optimistic. Yeah. That's, that's- the only thing that gets me is I was even texting Brad Freeman the other day at Stock Market Nerd. I was like, all these stocks just nonstop going up. It's just these 2020 vibes that I keep getting. Luckily, we even seen the stock market down a little bit today. I feel better about it because, okay, the market doesn't just go up every single day. I'm rooting for a nice 5% pullback here and there to where, yeah, we pull back and then we start the next pullback 5%, go up 8%, pullback 3%, go up 5%. I'd really like to get off this elevator ride that we're on and get to more like we're walking a staircase because then I'd be much more comfortable with it. I feel like stocks just got to a point where they shouldn't have been. So then it's like the multiples correcting to where they should be. Happen a little quick. So yeah, I feel like next year could go either way. I do think the election is going to be a major, I guess, issue for the market because regardless of which side wins or which candidates or select all this stuff, there's going to be half of the country that's pissed off and there's going to be a lot of chaos that ensues and, and I can only imagine how the financial markets react. Hopefully they don't overreact, but that's where it's a situation where if I feel like this market's kind of getting more teeter-tottery go to those stocks that I would see as one that I would raise cash from, turn those into cash, and then use those to deploy, I guess, the names I'm more confident in. But, but yeah, my, my whole, oh, here's my outlook for this year is more so I'll just be watching and react accordingly. Because I see I, I've been burned so many times in the market and I've had so many great years that, yeah, it's like having PTSD from those really bad years that makes me so much more cautious. And then... I, I think Avi, you'll you'll have the same thing because now there's more mouths to feed in the household, so you can't yeah. risk capital like we used to. I can't go all into these hyper growth names like Shai can because hey, if he gets burned, he's young, doesn't have kids, just got engaged, so he doesn't really have a wife to support right now. That he can be more risky. Where <laughs> I've got he's taking like land, a, you got a new room, like four kids to where it's okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna blow up being in Meta, Amazon, Google and the safer names. Yeah, it's a change of pace that I had to grow up from my hyper growth names that I can even see one. It's like, oh yeah, I want to own a bunch of this and you see it double and it's like, oh damn, I would have been right. I can't do that like I used to. I can do that to a very small scale. And it's different, but it's more like maturing within the market and then playing it how I need to play it. So it's like the old saying, never bet money you can't lose. It's okay. Even with the money you are placing in the market, make sure you protect it as best you can. And yeah, it, I'm still like entirely tech with some Celsius in there, but I feel like I'm doing the research and I'm watching it daily to where something goes wrong. I can quickly take cash out and sit on it if I needed to. Love it. You're not buying uh, defense ETFs for World, World War III? SQQQ? Absolute mayhem could, no, but could happen. You brought up a good point though. Hedging a portfolio is cheap right now. The cheapest it's been in years. So... For example, for me, like I, my model when I went over with Joey, like MongoDB and Cloudflare had negative returns in three years. Doesn't mean that's going to happen, but it might show that the gas is a little light and how much they can actually run n- near term. So, might buy some six month puts on both those names, 
to hedge my portfolio and just to see if it goes up, great. It won't go up as much as my growth portfolio because others have more gas to run. But if it goes down, those names might be the ones who go down the quickest and I'll make my uh, money back and I can buy it towards my higher conviction names. But again, that's you have to be very stealthy in 2024. That's the theme of don't be just sitting on your hands, just watching like everyone did this year, even last year, just everything went up, everything went down. There's no like bumpiness. That's not going to be the case next year. You have to be investor turned to trader a little. And that's the kind of the sprinkle of 2024 will provide. Yeah. So I guess final thought would be a lot of people were in these hyper growth names as the market went down and they didn't force correct or switch to the more cash cow type tech companies until the bottom. So say you were in some high flyer that crashed 90%, you didn't sell that out and switch to a meta until the bottom. And then you see those names take off. So I'm more in the case where it's okay, this market's flying high. I want to be in these more safety stocks that still have upside. So then Mm -hmm. if something goes wrong and yeah, we get some massive correction, it's much easier to sell, say like an Amazon goes down 20%. And other, these hyper growth names go down 70% again, much easier to switch money from an Amazon to a name that you think is overly beaten down that you think could double than it is to try to go the other way around. Oh, I'm in so much pain. I got to sell this. I want to buy something safer. So yeah, it's more so in good times, I want to be in, in something that I have like a safety net where if this market turns and takes some massive nosedive, yeah, I might think of rotating some cash out of Amazon and Google and getting into some of Shai's hypergrowth names that I think could rebound more quickly. But yeah, talking more situational awareness at that point. Dutch Bank just released their top ideas for 2024. Guess who made it on the industrials? Rocket Lab. Let's go. That's some good exposure for a small cap. Rocket Lab still doesn't really cover it as much as it should. And maybe that gets picked up next year. But that's a pretty big update. Yeah, Peter episode. does not have a lisp, by the way. I don't know what was up with the audio. I, I tried to fix it a little bit, but he does not have a lisp. That's a PSA for all the fans out there. But what a year, guys. I am excited for 2024. We'll try to be a little bit more consistent. I feel like it was a bit rocky for scheduling, but we'll make sure to try to get better here for 2024. And yeah, enjoy. Happy New Year, everyone. That's a big move. Big money, big Sliding, she wants sushi, she wants eel sauce with a rice.